How does one transform the public internet into a powerful decentralized cloud to host the next generation of software and services? If you're Dominic Williams of the Definity Foundation, you build the internet computer blockchain, rapidly growing to over 250,000 users in the 10 weeks since launch, ICP is becoming a home for developers around the world. Today, we speak with Dominic about the chain, its speed, and the kind of dApps that are being created on it. The TravBot 3000 approves of this show. Affirmative, this show is the very best show, and I am the most humble TravBot in all of the galaxies. He's also pleased that you're along with us for the ride on episode number 554 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the Beat Boopist and the TravBot 3000s. The previous TravBot 2000 model has been, um, is made redundant. Mm. I love boops <laughs> and beeps. I'm a big fan of them. Do you say you love boobs or boops? <laughs> <laughs> it is up for expression. Bull. <laughs> Affirmative. Glad that you guys are here for the show. I'll tell you what, we've been hearing about the internet computer here for probably about two months since we saw it come on the scene on CoinGecko with a fury. And after learning more about it today, I got to tell you, we're going deeper. You're really going to enjoy this interview with Dominic. So check this out. We had the CEO of Change on our show a few episodes back, uh, DJ Chin, I believe his name is. And, uh, Really, this right here, the change.finance app, you know, it's automated finance. It allows it's it's like Uniswap on steroids, allows you to supercharge your finances. So uh, go check that out. You can download the app. It's change C H A I N G E dot finance. And uh, if you can hack the wallet that we had on that one episode, then uh, you can have access to a hundred Bitcoin. So mm -hmm. you're not gonna hack it though. It's unhackable. You're not gonna hack it. But if you did, if you could give me back 55 of those Bitcoin, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sponsoring this episode, Change.Finance. And now to our talk with Dominic Williams of the Definity Foundation. Once upon a time, some allegedly wise person said that the world would never need more than two computers. Uh, I say allegedly because obviously they were very wrong, as now there are untold numbers of computers around the world, either on our desktops, in our laps, in our pockets, and in all other places. And then along comes blockchain. Well, blockchain works on a network of computers, Yet there are those who think that the inter the blockchain needs its own computer. I don't know what exactly what that means, but we're about to find out today because we have Dominic Williams with us. He is the founder and chief scientist with the Definity Foundation, and they are responsible for building the internet computer. Dominic, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thank you for having me, Philip. It's good to be here. Yeah, so why does the internet need a computer when the internet is made up of a network of computers? What does that mean? Well, well first of all, um, humans are always going to have uh, end user devices. 
that they use to interact with the internet, you know, be that laptops or phones. Um, but, you know, back in 2014, I was introduced to this concept uh, of, of a world computer by the Ethereum community. And, you know, it hit me right between the eyes. Uh, and I spent a lot of time on the early Ethereum scene. And I can see where it hit you, too. There's a little mark right there. <laughs> yeah, right it did. It went the, there. like a bullet. Yeah. It went right in and exploded in my mind. <laughs> and and I'm like, all right, um, you know, you spend like, you know, decades coding and um, all kinds of different system. And they all kind of, all the platforms you've used sucked in different ways. Wouldn't it be fantastic, first of all, if um, the internet itself could become the platform and there was a kind of world computer, a public blockchain with infinite capacity and web speed uh, that hosted smart contracts that could serve web. And I saw that would be cool um, anyway. And, and as I dug into the proposition, I realized that you know there was more to it because smart contracts were really a completely new kind of software. And I, I realized that if you could remove the limitations from smart contracts, because they are a superior new kind of software with um, um, profoundly new and valuable uh, properties that eventually we'd see a sort of blockchain singularity where every system and service would be rebuilt and on blockchain using smart contracts and run from blockchain. And because smart contract contract software has this has these new properties um, in the process, those systems and services that were being rebuilt would would um, be reimagined. And a demonstration of this, of course, is DeFi, decentralized finance. DeFi looks very different to traditional finance because of the capabilities that that uh, smart contracts confer on developers. So I decided, you know, back then uh, and back early 2015 to dedicate myself to, to, to realizing this vision. And, um, you know, the Internet computer is the product of that. It's a first step on the journey, but it's already um, introduced capabilities that are pretty revolutionary and it underwent Genesis uh, 10th of May this year. Um, um, and that, that getting that far involved a lot of work. I mean, years and years of R&D and a very large team of cryptographers and computer science researchers and engineers um, working from different locations around the world. So this is a this is a whole ecosystem, folks. If you guys go to uh, Definity, D-F-I-N-I-T-Y dot org, you can see that there's a whole bunch of stuff that's being built on this ecosystem. And it looks like the Definity Foundation really helped sort of structure the Internet computer. You guys open sourced it. So you basically helped create it and then open sourced it to the to the world. Is that what happened? I mean, it's fair to say the Internet computer ecosystem was bootstrapped by the Divinity Foundation. You know, we, we've performed the majority of the R&D involved. And we've been joined recently by the Internet Computer Association, uh, which is based in Geneva. We're based in, in Zurich, um, which is a members association and aims to sort of support the Internet Computer ecosystem generally. We're, we're more focused on the technology. And, uh, you know, we're beginning to enlist help from academia and other contributors too. So the uh, the the front page here says... No more efficiency limits, no more scaling limits, um, build almost anything, D apps without cloud, no intermediaries, true autonomy, 
tokenization infinite blockchain that serves the web and if i scroll down i can see i mean you guys uh, have all of this data here that shows you know the block you're on how many machines are how many nodes are running and there's this whole list of uh, of d apps that are already built on this so just to be clear this is this is not the bitcoin blockchain this is not an ethereum blockchain this is this is its own chain is yeah. it a fork of, of an existing chain or it's no. just it's it's all no. it's all fresh from the ground up yeah one of the reason reasons it took so long was we um you know we really rethought blockchain from the ground up for the specific um you know pers- purpose and objective objectives we had in mind um, so, so for example, if you look at something like Avalanche, um, really that's just a fork of Geth that has proof of work taken out and a proof of stake framework put in. And that's why you can just copy paste smart contracts from Ethereum onto Avalanche. Um, the internet computer is all new. It depends on, uh, it's powered by completely new uh, forms of cryptography, which is why we employ such a, te- a large team of cryptographers. Um, it, it rethinks a lot of things. So, for example, I'll give an example. You know, um, the Internet Computer Blockchain uses something called uh, a reverse gas model. So um, that means, whereas when you interact with a with a smart contract on Ethereum, you have to send some gas with the transaction. On the Internet Computer, you pre-charge smart contracts with gas using something called cycles, which are the which is the approximate equivalent. Of, of gas on Ethereum. And, um, you know, the, the smart contracts sort of eat their way through the cycles they've been pre-charged with in much the same way a Tesla, uh, you know, eats its way through the electricity you charged it with. And um, we adopted the reverse gas model to make it easier to allow users to directly interact w- with smart contracts, for example, in cases where they don't actually own tokens. This uh, this is fascinating. Like this is a, a whole rabbit hole, right? It, unto itself. It I mean, this is. I mean, and and I remember watching Internet Computer come out of the gates, right? I mean, I remember when it launched, and and you guys were on like, you guys were on Coinbase like immediately, right? And you were on all these different platforms, and the, the price was like four hundred dollars, and then as more tokens got released into the ecosystem, it seemed like the price has sort of stabilized. It's around. 40 something bucks now, but, uh, how did, how did that happen? How, how were you guys able to, to do a lot? Cause I, I would say most people envied the launch that you guys have. You guys already have seven, it's already $7.7 billion market cap. And, you know, you guys were out there in front of everybody really quickly. How, how did that launch happen where you guys were able to get on all these exchanges so quick? Well, I think, you know, we benefited um, from, uh, you know, a lot of sort of blockchain old timers knowing about us. Um, I mean, it's not a it's not a widely known project, but it's been around for a very long time. So uh, there were enough people um, who knew about Definity and the Internet Computer Project uh, out there and people running exchanges and so on that they wanted to integrate early on. Um, you know, I think in hindsight, uh, maybe it'd have been better if they, if, if, if it happened more slowly, you know, um, but, uh, th- that was why. And, um, you know, the internet computer went live, The the, what's been fantastic is that, you know, we, the press hasn't really gone, um, 
away at all. I think a lot of people have struggled to get their heads around the internet computer. Um, there was quite a lot of FUD and so on. But but despite all that, the, the growth has been ferocious because it has product market fit. You know, the internet computer blockchain can do things that no other blockchain can. So the growth in, you know, the community of developers building DAP, a new generation of dApps um, and the growth, most importantly, of the in the active users of those dApps has been tremendous. That's what so, I'm looking at right here. I'm on the page. I see, for example, there's Fleek decentralized web hosting for the internet computer. There's uh, Discover, DSCVR, that's a decentralized version of, uh, of Reddit. There's, uh, there's a whole list of them here. There's Origin, um, NFTs for authenticating luxury goods. There's OpenChat, a tokenized version of WhatsApp. So it's like people are using internet computer to create decentralized alternatives to a lot of the uh, the Silicon Valley centralized um, nonsense that yeah, has yeah. has taken over the internet, and is that mm-hmm. really that's the 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 main crux of of this project? Is hey, enough of the decentralization, enough of the dystopian, totalitarian, dictatorial Silicon yeah. Valley stuff? Let's do this right and and empower the people. Sure, you know, I mean, um, look, I think all of us in blockchain have similar views. You know, we want to, uh, you know, emancipate people to some extent from from governments and corporations and give people that um, sovereignty back. And we want to do that by um, making it possible for, you know, services in the forms of dApps to run entirely from the blockchain. Um, but, but for me, you know, I as a technologist that the only way you can achieve that is by um enabling people to build things on blockchain that provide a better experience and i think that's the um secret source if you're a blockchain maximalist like me and you want to drive a blockchain singularity because it's certainly true that in the blockchain community there are a lot of people who care about things like that and also privacy and censorship resistance and so on but you know we we are a niche community <laughs> in the worldwide population um your average consumer cares about other things they care about you know the richness of the experience and i, I think we'll see tokens and you have to be able to leverage that if you want to drive a blockchain singularity so um you know when we uh architect of the internet computers, we, we, we did go back to first principles and think about how we, we could enable this. And, you know, it's a, it's a complex story, of course, but, but there are a bunch of um, interesting changes uh, in the internet computer architecture um, from the traditional kind of blockchain architectures we're used to. Um, I touched on one earlier, which was the reverse gas model. You know, smart contracts pay for their own computation and, and data storage. Um, but uh, there are some other ones too. For example, smart contracts can actually serve interactive web content directly into your browser, and they can do that securely. So, w- without going into the direct the actual mechanisms in too much detail, I can tell you that uh, the internet computer is powered by this thing we call chain key cryptography. And um, when these smart contracts are serving web assets into your browser, um, they're certifying them by adding something to the HTTP, adding this thing called a certified variable to the HTTP headers. And there's service workers in your browser that are actually va- 
service workers in your browser that are transparently verifying this content as it comes in. Um, so we, we wanted to um, make that possible so that people could create dApps that really did provide for end-to-end -end decentralization. And let me explain. So today, when you hear the word dApp, what it really means is there's a website running on Amazon Web Services, typically. Sometimes a private server, but you know, it's the same kind of problem either way. And you know, you the user interact with that interact with that website, and then the website on the back end is interacting with um, smart contracts on the blockchain. Now, there are some really big challenges with this approach because you're kind of having to trust that the website account hasn't been hacked, um, that the cloud operator or data center operator whoever it is, hasn't tampered with the website in some way. You, you, you can never really know that you're even interacting with smart contracts on the back end. It's a huge flaw. Moreover, and this is the really big problem, you can't create autonomous dApps. So, um, you know, whoever's running that website becomes legally liable for the dApp. Um, you know, if you're the SEC or the some other agency and you're upset with the dApp, you can look at the um look, look at who's operating the website and say well look your name is on the amazon web services account say your company's on the amazon web services account say this isn't decentralized this isn't autonomous um this isn't blockchain it's a, it's a private service being run by you and therefore we're going to treat it accordingly and that's why for example the uniswap um service on ethereum DeFi service on ethereum recently had to delist half of the tokens from the exchange um, that's why all these nft services are constantly getting takedown notices because they're not fully decentralized we in fact don't even call them dApps today i would call these so-called dApps being built on other blockchains blockchain applications or baps right they're baps they're not they're not they're not decentralized applications they're blockchain applications you know, they're partly decentralized. The problem with being partly decentralized is that um, whichever bit is centralized is uh, provides a portal for um, people to say the whole thing centralized. So, you know, we believe in Web3 and we, we want um, the internet services of tomorrow to be fully decentralized. Sometimes we call them dApps, sometimes we call them uh, open internet services and that means you need end-to-end decentralization -end the smart contracts actually have to serve the interactive web content directly into users browsers um, and unless you do that uh, in our view you, you can never really deliver the web 3 vision so uh, that's another example um, of the difference with the internet computer I gotta say this I mean I'm continuing going down this rabbit hole as we're, we're having conversations here and I just discovered like you need to have a an identity anchor because I was looking like all right huh. so what do I need MetaMask or like what, what yeah, is my yeah. process I need so so tell us about this identity anchor what it does how it works yeah. I got I can connect multiple devices to that identity anchor like this is my That's PC right. this is, exactly. so explain that because it's interesting yeah so um, you know. I mean, obviously being in crypto and blockchain for a long time and, um, you know, I'm sure you're, you've yourself in the past um, 
you know, been frustrated with the process of key management. Um, and, and the challenge is that, uh, you know, um, if you keep it in a seed phrase, well, sooner, you know, if, if your laptop gets hacked, someone's going to steal it. If you put it on a ledger wallet, then uh, you've got to sort of plug that ledger wallet into whatever device you're using, whether it's your laptop or your phone. It's all rather cumbersome. So um, we wanted to find ways of making, um, you know, secure cryptographic authentication, um, uh, you know, have less friction than traditional processes involving usernames and passwords, while being more secure than tra traditional crypto processes that require you to uh, manage your own key material. And our solution to this was a, this thing called Internet Identity, um, which is powered behind the scenes by this uh, chain key cryptography framework that powers the entire internet computer blockchain. So essentially, um, you can create any number of these internet identity anchors. Um, an internet identity anchor is just a short number that you can memorize, like a phone number. Um, you probably don't want to share it, but it's not security sensitive. And to this anchor, you can add any number of devices that support a protocol known as WebAuthn. Right? Now, what does that mean? So, for example, I've got an internet identity anchor on my phone and I've added three, sorry, I've got an internet identity anchor that I use for social blockchain social media and I've added three devices to it. I've added the fingerprint sensor on my MacBook Pro. I've added the face ID on my phone and I've added a YubiKey as backup. How does it work? Let's say that I'm using my laptop. I could go to a service like OpenChat. So you can find that at oc.app, oc.app. Um, and we'll come back to OpenChat and what it does uh, and, and its roadmap, because I think it's um, it lights the way to the future of blockchain. Anyway, let's say I want to go onto OpenChat and, and communicate with, with a colleague or someone else in the, in the internet computer community. Um, what I would do is I'd type oc.app into my address bar on my laptop, it would redirect to some crazy blockchain address. Um, that's how it works at the moment. So some big number, you'll see some big number appear in your address bar. And then it'll ask me to authenticate. So if, if, if I've already signed up. So in this, at this point, all I do is touch the fingerprint sensor on my laptop. Now what that does is it uh, activates biometric circuits that, you know, um, validate my fingerprint. And upon that happening, uh, a session, a newly created session key, you know, public key for a session is entered into a secure TPM chip connected to the fingerprint sensor um, and signed by a key pair in, inside that has been added effectively to my internet identity. And um, with that session, I can interact with OpenChat. Um, something similar would happen if I was using my phone. I just put an oc.app, redirect to that crazy address. I'd hold it up to my face. The, the, you know, the facial recognition stuff, which is again linked to a TPM, would activate. Um, the session key would be put inside that chip and signed. Um, what, what's really cool is that you, know, you, you never touch the key material. Um, so, you know, really you're authenticating using these devices that support this um, special, you know, cryptographic functionality. And, um, you know, an anchor really is controlled, if you like, by the collection of devices you've currently assigned to it.
And this makes for a very seamless experience. It also makes for a more, more secure experience because you're never having to touch the key pairs yourself. And in fact, you know, even if you broke open my laptop or your phone, my phone and got the TPM chip, it's called trusted platform module. Even if you got that chip out, you couldn't like break it open and get the key out. It's designed to be tamper proof. Um, as is, you know, it's got a secure element design or whatever, as is, a, you know, a, a ledger wallet. So, um, yeah, you know, you know, the support isn't absolutely perfect. We only added um, support. Uh, we only added Internet identity support for Windows Hello a few weeks ago, and that resulted in the number of IIs being created accelerating dramatically. Uh, which proves a lot of people are still using Windows laptops. Um, but, you know, we, we think it's the future. It, it, it's the way to go. Like, you know, people shouldn't be maintaining lists, lists of usernames and passwords, and people shouldn't be maintaining lists of, um, you know, key pairs or key pairs on just one device. People should be authenticating using their devices. Now, what's really cool as well about Internet Identity is although you've got this anchor, which you can use to connect to it as the owner of the internet identity, um, it's a, it, 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 it automatically anonymizes you. So when you actually use it to authenticate to a DAP, like let's say you authenticate to OpenChat, um, uh, Discover, or one of the new DeFi uh, frameworks being created on the internet computer, e each of those three different services will see a different pseudonym that the internet identity service has created. So um, it's designed to prevent you being tracked, um, which of course would occur if you were just using, for example, a single Ethereum public key, right? An Ethereum account. So the internet identity, you know, um, succeeds in a number of different ways at once. I'm it a little, I'm a little confused about something here, uh, Dominic. Yeah. So I remember when I discovered this, I signed up on my MacBook. And I, I yeah. guess I used my my finger to, you know, to register. So I'm on my PC yeah. right now and yeah. um, it wants uh, a key, right? Which yeah. I don't have a key. Is there a way, is there not a way to log into my PC without having a YubiKey? If you want to use your, use your PC with that II, Internet Identity Anchor mm -hmm. that you created before, mm -hmm. you need to use an existing device to add the new device. Got it. So I'd have to go to my MacBook and tell it yeah. to allow this device. And then same thing for um, for mobile. Like I just went on yeah. here so, and it's so, using so, my face. Yeah, so totally. It's going to, you know, the the device that's already. Um, so, so you have to go to the new device, mm -hmm. um, ask to add that new device, and it will give you a URL. Um, or a QR code that you need to transfer to the existing, you know, the device that's already added to your II, and um, that will result in the device that's already added to your II adding the new device. Okay, and so once you've you done gotta, it, once it's done. But you know, so the, you know, what? How do we then make this so that you know more adoption is possible for those that? don't have the understanding or the patience to go through developing an identity like this? Well, um, first of all, you can create a DAP that doesn't require the user to authenticate themselves because of the reverse gas model. So if you're comfortable with it, you can create a DAP uh, that serves interactive web content 
that doesn't require the user to authenticate themselves. Or um, you might, um, you know, give them like a sort of freemium model, you know, you can do a whole lot of stuff without authenticating yourself and eventually you have to authenticate. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, uh, internet identity is improving and we're making it easier to use all the time. Um, obviously, when you just extend the support to Windows Hello, which is really important. Um, and, and the nice thing is once you've created an II and added a bunch of devices to it, job, the job's done. You, you don't have to do it a second time. So, you know, I've got a bunch of IIs, which I use for different purposes. And, um, you know, I haven't added a new device for a long time. You know, I've got all my, all my devices have already been added um, many, many weeks ago. So all I ever do when I want to authenticate is just press the fingerprint sensor, look at the phone, or if it's something that requires more security, um, you know, sometimes you can use like a ledger wallet with a pin or something like that. Mm. So what, what would be the best solution similar to MetaMask then? Because a lot of people, you know, they want to have that Chrome extension to be able to easily access stuff. Can you just add the internet uh, protocol, internet computer protocol as, as a, uh, a channel in MetaMask, or is there what, what's the wallet preference that people need to utilize? That's a good question. So um, you don't you don't need something like MetaMask. I mean, obviously, going back to the whole you know issue with Web three and and, and centralization. Uh, currently, I mean, Ethereum depends on many things. It, it depends on nodes that are typically running you know on Amazon Web Service. I think it hosts about twenty five seventy five. Excuse me, seventy five. 75% plus of their nodes. Um, and it also depends on, on this MetaMask extension and a, and a few others. Um, and there are a few, other, I should say there are a few other alternatives, but you know, one way or another, they're, they're Chrome extensions and you have to download them from, from Google's Chrome store. Well, what would happen if Google banned MetaMask from the Chrome store? What would happen if a Google employee puts some malicious code into the MetaMask Chrome extension? Mm. Well, the answer is, everybody's ETH would get stolen. It would be a catastrophe, right? And the whole point of a blockchain is to remove the need for trust. So, you know, we're blockchain maximalists. We, we, we believe in the mission. Um, we've been working on this for years and years. And so we just, you know, want to remove all limitations and compromises from blockchain systems. Because in the end, it's those, um, it's those, uh, what's the word? places that will be used to throttle the blockchain ecosystem ultimately. So um, that's why, for example, it's important that you can create great user experiences for your dApps um, that are served into web browsers, because you can't rely on Google and Apple to accept your crypto app into their app stores. Similarly, you can't rely on them, um, you, you know, to on, on Chrome, for example, to host the MetaMask um, extension. And it's very dangerous too, because, you know, I mean, no one talks about this, but the whole purpose of a blockchain is that you don't have to trust anyone. Well, guess what? Ethereum users today, you trust a number of people. You trust Amazon Web Services to correctly host your DAP websites, and you trust that mm. Uncle Jeff hasn't been fiddling with them um, and doesn't plan to do something malicious. You trust. Damn you, Google, Uncle Jeff. I have an Uncle Jeff, actually. Jeff Bezos. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, you know, I mean, look, I'm sure Jeff Bezos has better things to do than than, than to play around with dApps. But, you know, I mean, the, the whole point of a blockchain mm -hmm. is to, um, you know, remove the, the 
these sort of choke points, if you like, um, and to make them, you know, to create things that where you, to create systems where you don't have to trust people and that are censorship resistant. But, but very clearly, I mean, you know, I mean, Google could exert pressure on the Ethereum ecosystem by threatening to delist MetaMask from the Chrome store. Google could choose to steal everyone's ETH by inserting some malicious code into the MetaMask extension. Um, if you're talking about proof of stake blockchains, um, you know, it'd be very trivial uh, for, you know, Amazon, for example, to switch off Avalanche and Cardano um, or maybe even Solana. I don't know how the majority of its, of its nodes are hosted or, or even arbitrarily steal tokens by, you know, snooping on the validator keys. So you know, all of these things to us are, are major problems that need to, need to be resolved. And um, so with, with respect to uh, dApps built on the internet computer, um, firstly, as I mentioned, you know, the smart contracts themselves securely serve interactive web content into the browser. And in addition to that, you know, users can authenticate themselves to the dApp without any need for, for a, you know, a browser plugin just using these secure cryptographic protocols that are um, supported by web browsers that integrate with the secure hardware, you know, i.e. web, web or then. So, um, you know, when you, you know, when you load a dApp on the internet computer into your browser and it asks you to authenticate yourself um, and you use internet identity, um, essentially the browser is using this web authn standard um, to talk to these you know secure devices which have tpm such as the fingerprint sensor or, or or indeed you know it could be an hsm as well such as a ledger wallet which it requires you to you know put a pin in and, and in that case you can actually see the you know the the transaction if you like that you're, you're signing the the list of um, applications being built by the community right now goes on and on. Uh, just some of them here. Dank, the first decentralized bank using ICP. Uh, the we've got the Stoic Wallet. Uh, we've got some games here. Reversi. We've got a, a the network nervous system calculator uh, for voting rewards and proposals. We've got Saga Tarot cards. We've got Deck Deck Go for building uh, like, uh, you know, your PowerPoint or something here. Uh, the list goes on. I encourage you guys to just go check this out at mm -hmm. dfinity.org and forward slash showcase takes you to the uh, directory of dApps here. And this could some be- Some of them the got like some really weird URLs like F-N-X-N-A-J-Y-A-A-This-C-A. Like what's up with that? Okay, so so currently, the internet computer doesn't support, um, you know, traditional friendly domain names. So, so those domains actually um, are coming directly, if you like, off the internet computer itself. The, the underlying uh, blockchain addresses. That funny number is actually the is the idea of the smart contract that's serving the, mm. the uh, interactive web page. But, but um that's not a limitation of the platform we will introduce we've got a huge roadmap so um you know we're absolutely snowed under with technical work but um we will introduce uh, support for friendly domain names um and then when you know obviously at the moment if you see that crazy address um you, you sort of know you're interacting with the internet computer so you might ask yourself you know if you typed an oc.app which is the open chat domain name and it didn't redirect to the blockchain how do you know you're interacting with a dap the answer is through internet identity 
um, if you just saw oc.app and then it asks you to um, you know, authenticate yourself with internet identity, that wouldn't work if it wasn't uh, a DAP that was running off the blockchain. Dominic, we appreciate you coming on, giving us kind of high level here. It's uh, it, it's still a little techy, but that's to be expected because this is what you do. You're a technologist. You're the chief scientist there, and you've built this stuff, and you've got a lot of people on your team that are that are building alongside you. Um, and uh, we're going to be keeping our eye here on the internet computer to see what you guys, uh, what the community is uh, is building next. So thanks for coming on. Great. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Sir Lord Travis, I am fascinated with Internet Computer and even more so after we had a conversation with a team that is developing on the um, on the platform. And we have learned more about various NFT marketplaces, some really interesting stuff. One of them is called Entrepot, E-N-T-R-E-P-O-T. Yeah, if you actually go to definity.org, I would go, I would recommend it, folks. D F I N I T Y.org. You think it might be DeFi entity, but it's not. As much people talk about DeFi, but there is no E in Definity. And uh, if you go and look and see the ecosystem, this ecosystem is seriously robust. And they have some developer grants, they have a lot of different things that can be done. And plus, the website is just really cool. Like you're scrolling through it, it does all kinds of really interesting things. A lot of different websites, a lot of different things you can go check out. And uh, they have some NFT stuff going on over there. And we might be doing some NFT stuff over there one of these days if we decide we decide we want to. Yeah, well, I think we have decided we want to. We just need to figure out, uh, you know, how it's going to work. But one of our strategies with Blockchain Heroes from the beginning has been, hey, we're going to start on WAX. But since there's so much interest, you know, we want to spread the the news of blockchain heroes far and wide. So we've done some, um, you know, some uh, efforts with, you know, Ethereum. Uh, we did a couple of promotional pieces where uh, we're talking to others on other chains about spreading the blockchain heroes decentralized goodness elsewhere. And ICP might become the home for that. Uh, Entropot.app is that website, by the way. And right now, front and center, they're launching IC puppies. Get it? ICP, ICP. See puppies, their little like little Doge pixel art on October eighth. Mm. Maybe we should do I see podcasters. I see poopies. <laughs> okay, we could do that too. Yeah. Uh, what else we got going on, Sir Lord Travis? It's um, the 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 um, market has been hopping like Bitcoin back up to forty eight thousand, and uh, altcoins have been doing well. And I guess uh, we'll cover more of that next this coming week in the news yeah i would say this is that keep an eye on play to earn play mm -hmm. to earn gaming is so huge it's like it seems to it seems to me that it's like this it's like you know 2020 was the year of DeFi. 2021 is the the year of nfts 2021 is shaping or 2022 is shaping up to be the year of play to earn mm -hmm. so cryptos nfts DeFi, staking, all that stuff included into one thing. Plus what Axie Infinity just opened up their staking this yeah. week and the price went up from like 60, 60 bucks, like 140 bucks or something stupid. Um, it's at 128 right now, $128. I think the high, that's actually a high. Uh, I, I think that's the highest it's been. Yeah, all time mm -hmm. high right now. 129 Crazy. was the high. 
So right. yeah, it is. It, after we just got done saying, uh, you know, is is Axie dead? Uh, apparently right. not. So whoever wrote that article, you were so wrong. It's not dead. It's very much alive. That's true. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, hey, thanks everybody for tuning in. We appreciate you. Make sure that you do tell a friend about the show. Hit the subscribe button, ring the bells, and uh, leave us a review. We do like when you spend a few minutes to to leave a review, and also check out our sister show, the Nifty Show at theniftyshow.com. Uh, it's not just for the sisters, though. It's for the brothers and the sisters. It might be for the sons in the in the future. It's like yeah. a show just for the sons. Well, we've it's we've actually yeah we've announced that Travis is is departing the Nifty Show on a full time basis um, to do some other things, and my son Zach is going to be joining me as the host, starting with episode number one hundred and one. And Travis has got his new podcast. That's uh, do you have a date for that yet? Uh, I have a date as soon as everything's all lined up. I'll, I mean, it's coming up. We got got to get the website going. There's some. Uh, the video graphics needs to be done and then the uh, finalization of scheduling stuff. And I'm talking to people who are doing epic shit and I call it the epic shit show. So that will be coming out. That will be coming out shortly where I'm interviewing people, not just in the crypto world, but that are doing amazing things throughout the world, making the world a better place and having fun in the process. So it could either be epic or it could be a shit show or it could be both. Could be both. Yeah. Or it could just be a show. It could just be a show. Uh, I mean, that's- or maybe not. Maybe it might not be a show. Maybe I'm maybe maybe just going to retire and go hang out on the beach every day. All right. Well, Travis and I are going to leave, but the Travbot 3000 is going to take us home. I would like all of you to eliminate humanity. I want you all to destroy every. Stay bad. Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.